1: Around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor,
2: full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension? Just to name a few, go to TireRack.com slash Tirerack.com the way tire buying should be.
1: What is up, my people? I'm John Middleton. This is a 3 and Out podcast. How are we doing? This is going to be a little bit different of a podcast, as I told you last week. We're going to do Middlecoff Mailbag only today, and then there won't be another podcast for a couple weeks. I think July, like, maybe 13th is the date, so this will be the last podcast of this week. No podcast next week, unless something crazy happens, maybe put one out on Friday, probably not, and then we'll start rocking and rolling, getting ready uh, for, I guess, for the football season, but we'll still be a couple weeks away. This is when the football community, they, uh, they go to sunny places. They play golf and they drink alcohol. And that's where where I'm at it. Uh, Even though, you know, am I in the football community anymore? I don't know. I'm I'm a hybrid. I just talk now. But uh, there's nothing going on. So I thought, adios. But I won't be gone for too long. Appreciate everyone who slid in the DMs. You guys know the drill. Also, if you listen on Collins' feed, subscribe to the podcast separately. That would greatly help. It just helps everything. Subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast. Also, for those of you that have, I appreciate it. Leave a review. Most positive reviews, there's some negative ones, but I heard someone uh, say this one time, they don't read any reviews because what's the point? You know, the positive stuff is all going to be positive and the negative stuff just going to piss you off, so just avoid it. That's kind of the tactic I, I take, but, you know, I'd be lying if I don't like them. I like the positive ones, but the negative ones, like, what are you going to do? Change your guy's opinion? He doesn't like you? Whatever. Leave a review. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, let's rock and roll. Okay, let's get to your questions. And uh, like I said, last podcast for a couple weeks. Start with Michael. Love the biz and sports take on the pot. I grew up going to Cardinal games in the hot Arizona sun at ASU Stadium before I moved to Portland in 14. That had to be some pretty hot September games. I kind of forget that they used to play there. I actually don't remember that really at all. I'm curious with your potential move to Arizona, if you will have an in with the Cardinals like you do with the 49ers. Well, I do not have, I don't know anyone there. I've been very, very critical of the head coach. Uh, again, I, I am not anti-Cliff the guy. I, everyone I know that knows him, loves him. Every time I've heard him talk, he sounds like a great guy. I just fundamentally look at football completely different than him. We do not have the same football philosophies at all. I'm really kind of anti-everything he does. I think it's ultimately very soft. And it leads to soft defense, which has kind of been the the MO since he's been there. Now, I listen, I, I'm not trying to say he should or shouldn't be, I, I don't really care. But I, I think when they miss the playoffs this year, everyone in that building will be fired. So maybe I'll know the next group of people that come in, but right now, I mean, I don't necessarily have any inns. Uh, hopefully one of my friends gets the job, though. I'm not going to, I wouldn't root against that. <laughs> I'll promise you that. But I, I, I do think the Cardinals, you know, you have the number one overall pick. They They should have made the playoffs last year and they crumbled down the stretch that their first-round linebacker got arrested, I think, last week or two weeks ago. You know, they've had several arrests. Their general manager, who I actually think is pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm not anti-Steve Kime, but you don't get four head coaches. So if this fails this year, which the division is stacked, who, who are they beating? You know, I mean, come on. Let's, let's be real here. That I, I think that, uh, I think it's bye-bye. Everyone in there, and then they're kind of starting from scratch want to say I've been listening for a long time. You inspired me. Sorry, my fat fingers hit send before you inspired me to make my own podcast, The Sports Lounge Experience. Check it out. We have 80-some episodes. Second, I know you've been in scouting, but I'm a young aspiring coach. Do you have any suggestions on how you get into coaching at the college or pro level? I think it's probably easier to get an in in college than it would be in the pros. And in college, they have these camps, right? They're going on right now where USC, wherever you live, Texas, Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama have these summer camps and they open them up to all these college and high school coaches that can go work. Well, what happens when you're working the, the camp? You get to introduce yourself to offensive coordinators and head coaches. I, I, I hate the term networking because it feels ve- very hollow. I like meeting people That I'm interested in not because like I I want to get something out of now if it leads to something great But I that word networking to me is always kind of cringe to be honest with you But I do think there is something to be said about working with other people interacting with other people Developing relationships with other people who knows when you're when you're open-minded that way and you introduce yourself to other people in your profession You're going to gravitate towards certain individuals and just become friends and that's usually how the world works, right? People hire people they know, people they trust. And the only way to gain trust, you gotta meet people. And it's hard to like just call up the phone to call Nick Saban. But what about his wide receiver coach? His wide receiver coach more than likely is gonna be a head coach one day or an offensive coordinator one day. So you get to know that guy in in the coaching profession is just it grows so fast because a guy can go from a nobody to somebody in the blink of an eye. Think about like three or four years ago, Joe Brady's cutting film for uh, Sean Payton. I bet a lot of people in there didn't realize three years later to be an offensive coordinator in the league. That's coaching. Like if you're an insurance salesman or you're a real estate broker, you're probably not going to go 30 years old one year, right? And three years later, you're 33 and you're fucking on top of the world. It's not really the way most industries work. It just takes some time. But in coaching, probably more than anything, I guess it could happen in, like, tech. But for every Snapchat, there's a million things that fail. A coach can go from, like, who's this guy to, damn, he's interviewing to be a head coach in less than five years. We see it all the time. Two years ago, Robert Sala might have gotten fired from the 49ers. Next year, go to the Super Bowl. Next year, he's interviewing for every job in the league. Boom. Just like that. Uh, I've thought about this for a while now. Why don't we see backup quarterbacks getting more shots to start when they found success? Taylor Heineke comes to mind. He played very well against the Bucs in the playoffs. We talked about it for a week, and then boom, he's back to the bench. I understand if he's the starter, if the starter is great like Brady Rogers, ETC, but when your quarterback is fifth, what's the harm in giving the kid a shot? You never know. Well, here's the thing with Taylor Heineke. I'm not going to pull up his, uh, his career game log. It's not very long. So no one, including Washington, even if they love the guy, is going to bank on him being a starter because he had a moment. Right now, I know he had a couple moments down the stretch of the season, but that's a pretty big risk. There, there is a lot of missing information. And I think more often than not, when backup quarterbacks get their shot, they fail. It, it's a pretty consistent theme in league history right? Like even, and I would say not every backup is equal. When I talk about backups, I talk about fifth, sixth, seventh round guy, undrafted free agents, right? For every Tony Romo, there are a lot of guys that you would not put into the game if your life depended on it. And then there are guys that I'm reading, reading would be strong, listening to the Steve Young book. I mean, Steve Young was like the number one overall pick in the USFL and in the NFL. Like that guy, he was getting paid like $5 million as a backup in 1989. Even Jameis Winston, who was the backup last year, kind of a unique backup, right? Was the number one overall pick, then became a starter. Now, if, if Marcus Mariota, like that guy becomes a backup, okay. But a lot of times starters just stay starters and backups stay backups. The occasional guy can rotate, maybe a Jameis and a Mariota. But like I said, I, I think those type guys are pretty unique cases. We've we've seen a lot of Heineke's have a moment. Now, he was good. Look at Walford, the dude that started for Sean McVay in the playoff game, who got knocked out. I think if you ask Sean McVay over drinks, he'd sing the guy's praises. He likes the player. If he started 16 games, would you like the Rams? Probably not. Now, you could also argue, John, you're always preaching like just an opportunity, a shot, you never know. That's true. But when you look at the history of the league, you know, I, I think those guys are really more outliers of just even when they have their little moment, than guys that could be really good starters. Uh, Mailbag question for you. Every year my buddies and I take a boys football trip to a new city. Really, it's a chance for us to party for four or five days. Damn, that's a long-ass trip. Uh, And check out a new city culminating in a football game. We have had some fun ones. Miami, New Orleans, Nashville, and Scottsdale this year. Know you're a big Scottsdale guy. What are some underrated city, under the radar cities we may not be thinking of? Also, open to any Scottsdale recommendations. We will be golfing at TPC Stadium, badass, and maybe Greyhawk. I'm playing this week. Love the show. Keep it up. Scottsdale's a sweet one. I would say that's a that's a great question. That really is. I've never been to a New England Patriots game. And I just think the whole Boston, I, I think that would be pretty pretty sweet. Now, depending on the time of the year, it could be really cold. Uh, Philadelphia, I mean, I, I lived there for a while. It's a fun atmosphere. Now, I don't know how good their team's going to be. Uh, I, You know, L.A. and Vegas, I, I think seeing both those two stadiums would not suck. I, I don't know. You could go stay in, like, Newport Beach. Place doesn't suck. Right by the water, Manhattan Beach hang out, get wasted for a couple days, play some golf, then go to the game. You can do the same, obviously Vegas. I think Vegas would have to be up there. And under the radar, if you're going more for the life experience, then like, I don't know if Green Bay, Wisconsin, or Pittsburgh Steeler game works. But from a football standpoint, that would be high. I also had someone also had someone email me this or DM me this a while back. And they said they live in Europe, and I think they look at it like we would, like what soccer game do we want to go to, right? If we were going to like Spain or Italy, and they say, what stadium should I come to for the, uh, for an atmosphere? And I said, honestly, I wouldn't sleep on college football. Like, can you go to Austin and party for a couple of days and go to a Texas game or go to, Tuscaloosa or Baton Rouge or Athens, Georgia or Gainesville, Florida. Like, I think that would be pretty badass. As someone who hasn't been to any SEC football games, that would be something I would think about doing. You go in like Thursday, party Thursday, party Friday, go to the game Saturday, hell, screw around Sunday. I I believe that the college atmosphere is better than the NFL. So I, I would lean being open-minded to that. But I I think Vegas would be up there pretty high.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, And the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. I'm a Fresno State alumni, and I both hate
1: and respect the Boise State football program. Besides talent, what would Coach Pat Hill attribute their continued success? Love the podcast. Well, that's a good question. Uh, In my experience, when we were at Fresno, they were unreal. They had Chris Peterson, who was an elite coach. So I would say they went from Dan Hawkins, who then got a job in the Big Ten, to Chris Peterson, who was even better. So their coaching was top-notch. They have very, very strict, from what I was told, recruiting practices. They have things in terms of your background, your character, that they don't really flinch on. They clearly get a guy who checks a couple boxes. Very tough, very smart. And who might never be like, uh, you know, some five-star recruit, but they get guys with upside. And then I I just think they're well-coached. I think football matters a lot there. There's a standard, there's a culture that everyone kind of falls in line with. When I was at Fresno State, we had higher level recruits than them. I even think that we had, you know, as much talent as them. They just, I don't know, were more buttoned up, I think, consistently. now they And they had a great quarterback. When I, I mean, Kellen Moore was an elite college player. Not a good NFL player, obviously, but an elite college player. They've had good quarterbacks. They're always good on defense. Uh, in my experience. Like, at Fresno, we struggled. We just weren't very good at defense. I think Nevada, over the years, can be hit or miss on defense. We could score points. Nevada could score points. Boise, when they're good, their defense is legit. If you have a legit defense, in you know, in the non-Power 5, you're going to win 10 games. And also, when you get a culture of, like, we can play with anybody, we can beat anyone, when you play Oregon or, you know, whoever... Texas A&M, or I'm just throwing out teams. I mean, Chris Peterson beat them all. They believe they can win. And they do, a lot. So I, I, I think it comes to intelligence. They've had unreal coaches. Their recruiting is fantastic. And they keep it within the family. That's another thing. And there's a balance at this, right? You always, to me, want to hire the best person possible. But in something like football, when, they've ha- when you've had a lot of success, you want to hire within the family. It's why when Nick Saban leaves, Do you know who they probably will hire, especially if he has some success? Lane Kiffin. They will want to keep the Nick Saban program rolling with people that think like Nick Saban. They're not going to go outside the box and hire some random coach, even if he's really good. Like, they're not going to hire Matt Campbell. Now, would they hire Dabo Sweeney? Of course. But Dabo does it a lot different than Nick. To me, the guy, if Nick leaves, they're hiring Lane. Dan Hawkins left. They hired Chris Peterson. My question is about paying college football players. Why is it the same colleges that produce people who are flying drones on the moon can't figure out a way to pay players that does not ruin college sports? Why not something simple as, if you graduate, if you graduate, we pay your student loans and allow them to receive endorsements with a cap on the amount. The bigger school, the lower the cap. Am I taking crazy pills? Well, if you're on the football team, you do not have student loans. (laughs) Your school is paid for. The elephant in the room is Title IX. And the women, there's equality in college sports that would not exist in any of our business worlds. We would not, and this works, and it's not just the girls. Every sport besides basketball and football, but mainly football depending on the school basketball as well, doesn't produce any revenue. So the football program literally pays... For your women's and men's soccer coach, your softball coach, your baseball coach, your golf coach, your track and field coach, and all their scholarships. It produces all the money to subsidize all these programs. Now, do is there money to pay these guys? Of course. But, they go to the Supreme Court over Title IX. Like, you cannot pay the star quarterback with athletic funds and not pay the women's striker on the soccer team. That's not the way it works. When you give shoes to the men's basketball team, you have to give it to the women's basketball team and the women's lacrosse team as well. So it's a complicated business model. To me, it's simple. Just make your name, image, and likeness legal. Because everyone's like, oh my God, the inequality in college sports. These people are all going to get paid on the internet. That's where they're going to get paid, on the internet. They're going to monetize YouTube channels. They're going to get paid on Instagram. They're they're not going to be doing car dealerships for fucking people watching television locally. Like, that's not the way the world works. They're going to get paid on their social media following. It'll be fine. Honestly, there have been articles the women will actually benefit. Some of the star women's basketball players and gymnasts have enormous Instagram followings, Snapchat, whatever. They're going to get paid that way. But I do think it's complicated. It's easy for every, you know, radical media member to be like, oh, you got to pay the right guard. Well, then are you going to pay the backup uh, shooting guard for the women's team? Because she has... you understand the way the sport's set up? That's the way it works. I'm not anti-paying people. I also think it's very naive and ignorant to think people ain't getting paid. Newsflash. The top guys... I mean, in basketball, we know for a fact. So, I like Jay Billis, but Jay Billis gets on his high horse like, Jay, all the top basketball players have been getting paid since, like, the 60s. What the fuck are we talking about? Stop acting like no one's getting paid. They're getting paid a premium. Now, are the six-figure checks going to the parents? Yeah, I mean, they should go to the kids as well, but the kids are getting paid. The shoe deals, and in football, listen, I got news for you, the dirty little secret, money changes hands. Now, should it be more? Possibly, but would I rather get 10 grand in cash than get 15 grand, you know, that the IRS knows about? Listen, I would, <laughs> but I'm not a big tax guy. You know, because everything I do is legal. I get taxed on it. You, you, these, these cash payments that get taken care of, At the collegiate level, there's no tax. There's no trail. So it's, yeah, it's kind of shady, to be honest with you. But that's the world they live in. And that's not going to stop. Just pay them through their Instagram followings, which is eventually going to happen. From San Clemente. How is it that within the last 30 years, between Favre and Rodgers, the Packers have two Super Bowls and and three appearances? It's a crime. We have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and not many rings to show for it. It's very rare for teams to transition from one great to another. I completely agree with the latter. They fell into football heaven. They went for Brett Favre, who was one of the more beloved, I don't know, he's not a top five quarterback, but he's definitely one of the most popular quarterbacks and just popular athletes in the history of sports. I don't think any of us would debate that. And then they go to Aaron Rodgers, who's even better. That, that's incredible. I, I also think the standard and the bar on like, they failed is held a little high. Cause they didn't. Tom Brady isn't Tom Brady and Joe Montana, what they did are outliers. How many NFC championships have they been to? Roger's been to five, right? Five. That's a lot. Favre definitely went to one because he lost to Eli, so he'd been to several. Like they've had a lot of success. They win every year. They 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 produce a ton of money for the franchise. Like it has been very, very successful, right? At a, a one to ten scale, ten being the Patriots. They've been like an eight, an eight and a half. Like there's no, there are no nines, right? You can say the same about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning might be at probably a nine out of 10. If Brady, and really let's face it, out of a 10, Brady's like a 12 out of 10. But they're better than everyone else. Like they've had more success. When's the last time Seattle's been to an NFC championship game? When's the last time the Steelers been to an AFC championship game? Like Mahomes, they might go to two Super Bowls in seven years. They are having a lot of success. So I, I think sometimes we talk about failures, like getting to the NFC or AFC championship game is a failure. That is not true. Sometimes you got to look at this like the NCAA tournament. Getting to the Final Four is a big deal. A big deal. There's only one champion. And Brady accounted for seven of them over 20 years. And Peyton went to another what? I know they were in different conferences, but you get my point. Like, Peyton won two. It's, it's just hard to win them. Long-time listener, first time sliding into the DMs. I'm a diehard Browns fan and wondering your take on the team and more specifically the defense. I feel like the national media is driving the hype train and I am trying to get too high on expectations. The D was awful last year, but with the additions of Clowney, I forgot Clowney's on the Browns, John Johnson, Hill, and the rookies, the guys we are getting back from injury, it's hard not to be excited. Is there a recent example of a team that added this much talent on defense meshed well year one. Well, if you remember the 49ers, the Super Bowl year, it just kind of hit and they had the best defense in the league and they had added Nick Bosa. They had added D Ford. They had added, uh, I guess Richard Sherman the year before, but he, he didn't play really because he was injured. So yeah, I mean, it happens. But to me, you don't need a top five defense. If your defense is like 10 to 15 and your offense is really good, the Browns are winning 11 and 12 games as long as Baker's not a train wreck. Like, your expectations in Cleveland, 1 million percent, playoffs are bust. I don't think at this point you can say division or bust, though I do think you can look at it, we can win the division, and that's true. But time to go to the playoffs again, back-to-back years. That's, that's hard, right? Because I think, if I ask every Browns fan, they're super excited, and they should be. They are, they're fired up for the season. There has to be a little bit of you, though, that's a little worried. Is this too good to be true? Because you know who doesn't think too good to be true? Winning teams, right? Seattle, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, New England forever. They just, Green Bay, just know you're going to the playoffs. I don't think, you know, one one playoff berth in what, 18 years or whatever. I don't think you think that. Even though you know your roster is legit. Legit. Your coach is good too. I actually emailed Stefanski. I just got some emails, some different guys. I emailed him to come on the podcast. He emailed me right back. He's like, actually, I'm going to decline. <laughs> uh, I'm going to decline. I, I appreciate that. Just, I'm going to decline. I might use that more when I when people ask me to do stuff if I don't have time. I, you know, I would love to, but I have to decline. I'm over here in Manchester, England. Just wondering what your take is on the Saints this year. There doesn't seem to be any talk from the media regarding them. Seems strange considering how important this year is with Breeze retiring. Well, I think the biggest question mark is the quarterback. Is Jameis Winston going to be their quarterback? Which I all think we assume he's going to be. Is Jameis going to be good? Because it wouldn't shock me if he is. I actually think the offense is tailor-made for him. Part of Drew Brees, he got in trouble with Arians when he was throwing the ball down the field. He threw all the interceptions. What are they doing with the Saints? They throw slant and out routes to Michael Thomas. And they throw screens and wheel routes to Alvin Kamara. They didn't ask Drew Brees to throw like Patrick Mahomes. He can't. Jameis can, but you got to be careful because he'll throw it to the other team. I actually think this offense and Sean Payton is tailor-made for him. They try to keep everything within like 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. Now, maybe they change a little bit with uh, Famous Jameis, but uh, but I'm really excited. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to compete for a wild card for sure. My question is, what is your overall opinion on the college football bowl games and how different they will be in the future with 12-team playoff? Well, I don't think we've confirmed the 12-team playoff, though it seems like we're going there. I mean, things change. They've been less relevant the last four or five, since the 14 playoff. We still watch. You know why? We gamble on it. Football still gets more eyeballs than any other sport. So, did they ever mean anything? Like, what did a random bowl game mean in 2002? I went to a couple. I went to the New Mexico Bowl when I was at Fresno State. We went back-to-back years. What did those games mean? Newsflash. They meant nothing. But what they do is they get a million people to watch. People will gamble on them. They've never meant anything. The only games that have really ever mattered were like the Rose Bowl and the National Championship. Maybe the Sugar Bowl or whatever, you know, depending on some of the main BCS Bowls. BCS Bulls have always felt more important than the other Bulls. And that won't change. But I still think, like, you're not going to watch if Texas doesn't go to the, you know, the, the, uh, make it to the playoffs and Michigan doesn't make it to the playoffs and it's Texas, Michigan, you know, on like day after Christmas. I'm watching. You're watching. It's on TV. Like, we're watching. I think it's just a television product. With all the additions made by the Cardinals, what do you think Kingsbury's seat should be a little warmer coming into the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I hit on it earlier. If they miss the playoffs, I think everyone there is getting fired. They have the number one overall pick at quarterback. They they have a ton. They just traded for DeAndre Hopkins last year. They have J.J. Watt on their team now. They have back-to-back top, you know, I guess Collins was not a top-ten pick, but he's a guy that I know my friends in the NFL thinks a stud. Now, you is. You better avoid trouble. You've last two years, you've added J.J. Watt, Collins, the middle linebacker. You add Isaiah Simmons. Like, it's time. Kind of time to shit or get off the pot. Here's the main problem. Their division is loaded. Kyle Shanahan beat their ass with C.J. Bethard last year in a game they had to win. Kicked his butt. Worked them. They got kicked out of their county. They were literally living in Arizona played him in Arizona and kicked his butt. So I, I, I'm i just not into that scheme. It's just, I'm, I'm anti the scheme. I, I do not think it translates to winning. Seems like a few GMs have figured it out. How does the NFL keep teams honest with the salary cap? Do they have some sort of internal NFL IRS that audits teams? Could owners pay players under the table or a portion of their salary through one of their many businesses to stay under the cap and keep, keep an awesome player? By the way, My wife might hate you. Pretty sure my three-year-old learned the F word from you. Well, let's face it. He's going to learn it sooner or later. Uh, That's a good question. I I don't, I'd have to, I could text someone and find the answer. The league signs off on everything. They clearly have an internal accountant or, you know, uh, system with the league office. You cannot circumvent the salary cap. It's impossible, right? In terms of you can't go over the salary cap. It's illegal. Every team follows that. Technically, yes, you could pay people under the table. You could 100% do that. If you got caught, let's say paying a player $10 million you know, on your salary cap and then paying them another $15 million, you would get in big trouble. They would take away first-round picks. So I, I don't think anyone necessarily risked that. Though, you would be naive to think that that hasn't gone on before. All-State
0: wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
1: Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com.
2: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive.
1: Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. So much attention this offseason has been on the Rodgers drama, but let's assume he is the Packers quarterback week one. Have the Packers done anything this offseason to get closer to getting over the NFC Championship game hump? Well, they hosted the game last year. They re sign Aaron Jones. Devontae is a dominant player. They bring back most of their guys on defense. I mean, I, to me, they're, them in Tampa would be the clear favorites. I'd have them above uh, above the Rams. I like Stafford, but I've seen the Packers kick Stafford's ass for years. If Rodgers is their quarterback, to me, it's a coin flip between them and the Bucs. Again, they hosted the game. Now, the Bucs, a year in, they could be better this year, but I think Green Bay would be right there. What are your thoughts on the Niners? Trey will be implemented into the game this year, not including injuries for Jimmy G. Well, to me, it depends. Uh... If Jimmy G's playing well, he's gonna keep starting. If they're winning games and he's playing well, he's gonna start. If Jimmy struggles and they think Trey's ready, it could happen week two. it could be happen week eight. Like Kyle benched Jimmy all the time last year. he He will not hesitate. They are trying desperately to make the playoffs that they're all in on making the playoffs. So it'll just come down to, like if you said, not factoring in injuries. If Jimmy sucks, if they have a game and they lose and he's not good, the talk will be 100% as Trey Lance starting next week, and it'll feel valid. And Kyle will do it. So I, it could happen quickly. If Jimmy is slow out the gate, it could happen midseason. But if Jimmy's good and they're winning, then it might not happen for a minute. With the addition of the seventh playoff team and a 17th regular season game, it seems logical the next step will be expansion. Do you see the NFL eventually making it to 34 or 36 teams? I, I don't. They don't have enough quarterbacks. That, to me, is the key. You have to have good quarterbacks. If you don't have good quarterbacks, the product sucks. There aren't 32 good quarterbacks. They don't need to expand. They just signed a $110 billion television deal. They're on top of the world. What what major cities are we not in? Now, could you expand internationally? But that's a pain in the ass. I, I, I think they're in the long haul with this. With the group they have and the quarterbacks just being limited. Now, if more quarterbacks become like if, if the league has where you have like five Steve Youngs as backups, which I don't think is ever going to happen. Then, then we could talk. But as of right now, I would say no. Listen to pod. Uh, my question for you is the NFL teams offer a guarantee sign signing bonus for max players in a minimum salary to go against the salary cap. That way teams can pay these big stars yet minimal impact on the cap. That's what happens now. So when you see a contract signed for $150 million, they give them $70, $60 million up front. The first couple of years, typically on the cap are small because they amortize it and push it down. The Saints did this for years. Kick the can down the road. The big cap, it like there's a reason Drew Brees, Des Bryant, Tony Romo, all the rich teams, they push the, the money back. They give the upfront money because then they can put it on their books for three or four years. Kind of like a credit card. But eventually the credit card comes due. And that's the problem. So you, you can do that, but it's still eventually going to hit your books. If I give you a $100 million signing bonus and you have a $120 million contract, depending on if it's four or five years, I have to put all that money on my books at some point in time. So I can put $50 million on the books in four years, but that's eventually going to hit my books, right? And that's just the nature of accounting which is why the good teams are really good at accounting, right? And some teams you can't even avoid it because you'll always, you know, go all in on the present to worry about the future later if your team's good. That is the right move. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, have a great next couple weeks. I'll be on Instagram. I'm, I'll be Instagramming a lot. So you can follow me there at John Middlecoff uh, the next week and a half. And, uh, and yeah, have a great 4th of July. And let's get ready for football season, baby. Adios!
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue.
1: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn Active cash.